Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Survives. We'll be going over Coming to America, the original, a 1998 film. It was um, a great movie in my opinion. I'll be doing this with my dad. Say hello. Hello. And this is a movie that we've watched before. We will be doing an episode next week over the newest one coming number two, America. Saying words there. Very funny. Um, and, and in this episode, we'll be going over the story, first of all. Then we'll be going over the characters slash actors in the movie. What we think of the characters. What we think it could do better on. What we like about it. Our favorite scene, our favorite character, and then our final thoughts on the movie. Did you say 1998? Nin- I'm in 1988. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm sorry about that. 1988. <laughs> My mistake. Um, but let's get right into that right after this quick message. Hello, everybody. So... The story is we have Prince Akeem. He is from a fictional country called Zumanda. You next? Uh, so he is searching for a wife because his father wants to uh, have an arranged marriage, but he wants to find somebody that uh, he is personally attracted to. And so he and his kind of... Uh, friend uh move to new york and think that queens would be a likely place for him to find someone that is compatible um this is going to be this is their first time in america so they don't really understand any of the cultural aspects of america and it's all very new also they get a very poor apartment because they because his idea is that he doesn't want someone who's attracted to him because of his money but because of his personality so he gets up he he tries to look as poor as he can because he is very rich um so he works at a fictional uh sort of joke um uh, mcdonald's called mcdowell's and he works there for minimum wage works and lives in a very bad apartment well, I don't think it was intended to be a joke, McDonald. I think it was intended intentionally to be uh, a knockoff of yeah. McDonald's because Mr. McDowell oh, yeah. was was wanting to kind of mirror McDonald's, uh, but claim that it was yeah. uh, completely different than McDonald's. Yeah, completely different. They have the McFlurry. We have... Um, no, wait, <laughs> um, they, they had like stuff that he said, the golden art, they have the golden arches. We have the golden, golden arcs. Yes. Yes. Um, or like they have the big Mac. We have the big Mick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and somehow they, they are a very big restaurant. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is the story of Coming to America, or at least the basic rundown of it. So now we're going to get into the characters. First of all, we have our main character, Prince Akeem, played by Eddie Murphy. And then we have Lisa McDowell, his love interest, played by Sherry Headley. You go next. Uh, so there was a 
Cleo McDowell played by John Amos. Where's and, Cleo McDowell? Uh, Simi, who's played oh. by Arsenio Hall. Yep. Um, and I think those are the main characters. Oh, King oh. Jaffe, Jofer by James Earl Jones. Jones. Um, there are a few other characters that are also played by Eddie Murphy at Arsenio Hall. Um, like Morris, he is a barber. There is also, um, what's his name? The, uh, crap, um... Randy Watson, played by Eddie Murphy. Um, the main, the main here, uh, barber. What's his name? I forget. Crap. Oh, I the can't. owner of the barber shop. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what his name yeah. was either. Oh, there's also Sal, um, played by Eddie Murphy. Um, so yeah, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall play quite a few characters in the movie. Um. Those are sort of oh, Daryl Jinx. Um, he is the son of a very rich man. He is dating Lisa McDowell, um, and doesn't really like um Prince Akeem too much. And Prince Akeem wants to date Miss Lisa McDowell, but she is the son of Cleo McDowell, the owner of McDowell's. Um, that was a lot of words. <laughs> um, well, let's go into each character and um sort of their c- characteristics. To them so prince akeem he lives a very rich life and in the fictional country of zamunda um and he feels as though he's just being a bit too spoiled and wants to live a normal life instead of a rich life um what do you think of him what do you think of prince akeem i i think he's uh a, a fun character uh this was eddie murphy kind of during the height of his career um and i don't know kind of where it falls in the sequence i mean for me the big eddie murphy movies were beverly hills cop definitely uh trading places and um like 48 hours uh 48 hours too yeah and i don't know kind of where this falls although i think it's kind of later in the in the sequence of those movies I yeah think he was by this time a, a really big celebrity oh, um he also did C- snl right that's how he that's how he kind yeah. of got his start was he yeah. was a, a comedian on snl yeah. and then he had a really successful stand-up career mm-hmm. um where he had uh live albums that were hugely successful i remember those those were uh, really popular when I was yeah. a teenager. Yeah, and then there is Semi. He is the assistant to the prince and king. Um, more to the prince than the king. Um, but he he's like, why do you want to? Why do you want to look so poor? We're very rich. Why don't just look rich? You know. Um. And it doesn't really understand what Prince Akeem is going for. Um, but yeah, Semi is is likes being soil, spoiled. Um, because he just becomes so accustomed to the life. Yep. What do you think of Semi? Uh, you know, this is Arsenio Hall during, you know, kind of the height of his celebrity too. 
uh, because at this time, I think he was still uh, the, the host of his late night show, which was like the late night show to make an appearance on uh, famously Bill Clinton played his saxophone on Arsenio Hall show. And that kind of uh, gave him a lot of support with uh, the younger audience. So was it so it was like Arsenio Hall's like um, late night show sort of like Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, it was it was a it was a talk show. And Arsenio Hall was the host. Yeah. Uh, so then we, have, then Lisa McDowell, um, she is the son to the of the owner to the um, made up restaurant McDowell's in Coming to America. She is very sweet. Um, she she's sort of spoiled, not as spoiled as. Prince Akeem in any way, but she lives a rich life because her family has gained a lot of money from McDowell's. What do you think of Lisa McDowell? I like Lisa a lot. I thought she was kind of the one of the more interesting characters in the movie because she was really involved in her father's business. You know, there are several scenes of her working in the office, you know, seemingly doing like bookkeeping or other, you know, uh, important functions within the business. And she clearly kind of uh, had a sense of independence and uh, really wanted to kind of be her own person. Yeah, definitely. I I definitely agree because there is Daryl Drinks who is also spoiled because his father is the inventor of what is it? Soul Glow. Uh huh. The 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 made up. It's sort of like the McDowell's. Um, what was the original product called? Uh, Afrosheen. Yeah, it was. It was. It was like the the um made up version. Right. Um, for coming to America. So, yeah, he's yeah. like the heir to the Soul Glow yeah. fortune. Yeah, and he's very spoiled. He lives off his dad's money. He doesn't work for his own. And he's pretty much the opposite of Lisa McDowell. And somehow they're dating. And somehow they're together for like half the movie. Which sort of surprises me. He's very obnoxious. I don't, I don't like him. What do you think of him? Yeah, you know, I think he's a caricature of a, of a, a bad person uh you know in, in a comedy like this mm-hmm. it's really broad he yeah. he kind of works as you know somebody who uh is spoiled like you said and entitled and uh you know really uh doesn't have a lot of concern for other people yeah there's this really funny moment um where they're he and his family are at the McDowell's house having a party and they're sitting on the couch and their heads are like super greased up. Um, and they're, and his family is all has the soul glow and they're on the couch. When they get up, there's like a huge um, stain of like grease um, where their heads were. And that was super funny to me. Um, then let's move on to Cleo McDowell. Um, he is the owner of um mcdowell's i think he's a good character but i i think he doesn't really understand um 
he's sort of trying to arrange um, Lisa with Daryl because his because Daryl's family is rich. Um, so I think Cleo, he's like he he has good intentions, but I think the way that he is doing it is sort of the wrong way. Uh, I don't even know that he has good intentions. I did. I, I like this actor. Uh, oh, John like, Amos was yeah. a, uh, a lead in a TV show in the 70s and 80s uh, called Good Times that I really enjoyed. And uh, I like him as an actor. I did not like this character because, you know, I, I felt like that he was really kind of a uh, one-dimensional character that that, you know, was just kind of into his daughter marrying uh, whoever the wealthiest suitor was. Yeah, and, and that was just happened to be Daryl. Well, until he found out that Prince Akeem was a prince, and then he wanted Prince Akeem to marry her and was, you know, being rude to Daryl. Yeah. Yep. I, I completely forgot about that part too. So that makes me think of him as a wholly new, totally new way too. I I completely take back my um my idea of he had good intentions. He's just sort of greedy now, and he does provide some funny moments with how he compares himself to McDonald's and how McDonald's is. There's this funny moment where Carter pulls up and he's like, "Is McDonald's a lawyer?" <laughs> Because McDonald's is always trying to nail him for for like copying them. Um, well, that's sort of the main character, sort of the main characters that you need to know about. Um, there are other ones, but they don't they don't matter as much. Um, so then let's go over. Um, how do I get this? What would you think he could do better on the movie? What What do you think he could do better on? I, I, you know, I think it was kind of typical of comedies of the period that it was pretty broad and, uh, you know, really went for uh, super kind of stereotypical uh, roles. I think, you know, what I would like to see is for it to, to be a little more targeted in its humor and for there to be a little more complexity to the characters. Yeah, definitely. I I I I think there's a bit of complexness in some scenes, but for most of the movies, they're sort of just like you said, one dimensional, and they don't really have much to them besides their comedic moments. Um. Yeah, it's I I I I think it could I think it could do better on sort of the writing i guess i don't i don't think the writing was the best but again this is the 80s so um sort of what you could say um back then compared to now is 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 changed so i feel like the writing could have been better but i feel like that's just me 21st century um knowing what you really shouldn't say on camera yeah, I don't think it ages particularly well, yeah, and that's definitely. that's the thing is that going back and looking at these movies from from the eighties, uh, you know, when I saw them when I was younger, you know, these were some of the the best and funniest movies of yeah. the of the period, but I don't think that they particularly hold up well over time. Yeah, 
because this definitely is kind of a dude's movie. You know, I don't know who the the writers were, but you know, I'm pretty sure Eddie Murphy was a producer for um for this. Yeah, so I think that he may have had a hand in writing yeah. it, and you know, Arsenio Hall may have had a hand in writing it. Yeah. But overall, the the feeling is that it's mm-hmm. you know kind of all about the male characters, and yeah. you know, you've got clear heroes and clear villains. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, the the women are kind of the the object of uh, yeah, you know, acquisition. Exactly, especially they. I especially since there is um a girl in the movie um Prince Akeem is supposed to marry in the arranged marriage called Imani Easy played by Vanessa Bell um I um and she's just like he's like what do you like she's like whatever you like my prince and I feel like I feel like that's just sort of like where they're treated more like an object and less of a person um and I feel like people who are like who are for the rights of women would be out pretty bad about that. Um, so I feel like for, yeah, like you said, like back then it, it, it would sit fine. No one would bat an eye at it, but now people would, would, would look back and say like, yeah, there are some things that really don't stand up. Like, especially um, I was listening to another podcast that they're talking about how, how like um, another Eddie Murphy movie called 48 hours uh, would definitely not, um, would definitely not sit well with some people now. Yeah, so it's definitely a product of its time. And, yeah. you know, there's a big scene with the beauty pageant, which is kind of supposed to be a celebration of, of black culture mm-hmm. and blackness. And and now I don't think that necessarily a beauty pageant would be the thing that people would choose as a, as a celebration of, you know, uh, a... Uh, a race's heritage. Yeah, definitely. I think people would celebrate like the, the freedom of slaves, and um, when when they are in civil rights, when like they got the right to vote, you know. Well, I think you yeah, know more of their intellectual and their cultural accomplishments, um, but, and and less kind of a a uh, a white influenced yeah. ver- version of beauty. Because what you have to know is. I'm white. I'm an American. I'm not African American in any way, shape, or form. So I don't know what they go through. But from what I know, I'm only making guesses from what I know. So judge me all you want. I'm I'm not African American, so I don't really know. What well, I, I don't I think know. you have to be African American to to kind of have. A, a humanistic response and i think you know it's not so much about the african americanism so much as the the objectification of women yeah. in a beauty pageant and how you know th- their contribution to society is their their looks rather than anything else that they may be able to contribute and so i i think that that kind of goes beyond now you know in terms of the African-American element of it, I think, you know, when you look at the beauty show pageant, pageant a lot of it is is celebrating uh, a, a white vision of beauty with hair flattening yeah. and straightening rather than, you know, kind of a more traditional African-American yeah. uh, look. Yes, I, I, I agree. 
Um, ben, what do you think we did? What what they did good on? Uh, I, I just I think that Eddie Murphy has a very likable screen presence. Yes. I think that's always been what's uh, really worked for him is that he just has a, a big personality that translates well mm -hmm. on the big yeah. screen. And so I, I think that his uh, personality is what they, what they kind of were capturing here. And so I think that, you know, on the whole, I don't think now I would consider this to be a hugely uh, successful movie, but, uh, I think it worked at the time. Sorry for that. Um, I'm back. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. It, um, this just sort of comes back to the idea. Like, yeah, it works for the time. I also agree that Eddie Murphy has a great screen presence. I think when it comes to black characters, I think he has variability. In some of his movies, he plays an African-American from the United States. But in this, he plays um, um, a, a prince from um, an African country, Zamunda. Well, and I think that that's part of the problem of this movie is he is an African-American, yes. not an African. And exactly, yeah. So I think people from Africa might look at this and have a lot of problems with how their continent is being characterized. Especially especially in the second movie where they sort of stereotype it like you have to do the princely test and cut off like the whispers of a lion. Yeah. And that's just sort of stereotyping stereotyping it and like if you look at like the the palace it's in the middle of nowhere. They're they're not surrounded by anything except Savannah. Well, I think it just, I think it has very kind of stereotypical, mm -hmm. you know, coming from Oklahoma, Oklahoma, lots yeah. of times when portrayed in, in movies and TV shows is, is seen as, you know, uh, this really kind of rural backwards place. And, and I think there's certain amount of that that goes on with Africa as well. You know, you always yeah. see the kind of parade of uh exotic animals and you know people in in uh you know kind of farming conditions and and not what i think is reflective of kind of the diversity and uh, modernity of a lot of uh countries in africa because what you have to know i've never been out of the americas i've stayed in the American region at I've haven't been out of North America. I've only gone to Central America and South America and, and no other continent. I've mostly stayed in the American. Right. But I, I, I think that you can learn about other cultures and other places without having traveled to them. And so yeah. I think that, but I, I think like traveling to them and seeing what they're like in real life helps. Yeah, I think that definitely gives a depth to the experience, but I don't think you have to travel to Africa to have an appreciation for uh, it's more than, uh, you know, uber wealthy royalty um, in, you know, isolated conditions with a bunch of exotic animals. Yeah.
uh, now we're going to go on our favorite scene. What do you? What was your favorite scene from the movie? I, I think I liked the kind of uh, speed dating scene where yeah. they're at the bar oh, and yeah. trying to trying to find uh, yeah. a woman, and they just go through a whole series of women that yeah. you know are are you know kind of absurd in their yeah. in their behavior. There's actually one woman. The I think it was the last one played by Arsenio Hall. Yeah, and that was like the funniest one in my yeah. opinion. My favorite scene, ha- though, had to be, like, there was this robber that came in McDowell's, um, played by Samuel L. Jackson. Um, he was holding a shotgun. And um, Akeem, or Eddie Murphy, was holding, um, like, a mop. And what you have to know is that he's had, like, um, he's had training with fighting with, like, um, with, like, this wooden... Um, what what would you call it? A staff. A staff. A wooden staff. So he has had a lot of training with that. So he 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 unscrews it. So it's now like sort of like a wooden staff. He puts out. He takes out the shotgun from um, Samuel L. Jackson's hands and just sort of takes Samuel L. Jackson down with the staff. And that was like super cool. But then right after Daryl was like, yeah, I would have done the same, but I was holding coffee, you know, and I can't really put that down because I, I apparently don't have smart. I'm not smart. <laughs> um, and that was and that was just sort of like this funny moment mixed with like this action pack scene. And I really loved it. Um, so then name your favorite character. I like I said, I think Bleakus and McDowell was probably that, or or the the Queen of Zamunda, since yeah. she kind of intervenes on her son's behalf yeah. to convince the the father that mm-hmm. you know he should be allowed to to yeah. uh, marry Lisa. Well, my favorite character had to be I can't remember his name. He was played by Eddie Murphy, but this like the main barber and um um in this barber shop i think it was clarence yeah clarence maybe clarence um and he's just super funny he he's always cutting hair and he's already arguing he's always arguing with um the three other guys who are always in the barber shop um so that that's always really funny so what are your final thoughts on the movie anything else you want to say or uh i think you know it it, it's kind of a a time capsule of uh, comic movies of that uh, period. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, you know, when you look at it 30 years later, you know, there there's a lot of stuff that doesn't hold up particularly well uh, because uh, the times have changed yeah. and culture has changed. You also sort of have to, you sort of have to live you sort of had to live through the 80s to sort of understand some of the references um, because there were several moments in, in the movie where my dad sort of had to tell me like, oh, yeah, that's like a reference to like this 80s company that they're making and sort of like um, poking fun at. Um, um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's a time capsule. There, there are 80s movies that age that age fine. And but this is not one of them, in particular. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that. I think I think most movies, you know, you you look back on, and uh, there are likely problems 
when you look at it from a, a contemporary perspective? Well, I'm saying that there are some movies, there are select few that can age fine. But I think some age part. better than others. Yes, yeah, uh, um, definitely. But that is this episode of coming to of through my eyes. Um, next week we'll be going over Cars two, um, part two to this a three part series of Cars, maybe a four part series if I go over planes. Um, but I don't think I'll go over planes. Um, and then also next week we'll also be doing Coming to America n- number two. Um, my dad and my little brother might be in, I know my dad will probably be in it. Um, I don't know my, my, my little brother, um, we'll just have figured that out, but follow me on your favorite podcast platform. The one that you're listening to this podcast on right now. Hopefully you like this episode and remember, stay, stay healthy, stay happy, and hopefully enjoy everything in this episode. Bye.